0: Pelotero Pickle episode 107. This is a really fun one. We've got special guest Mike Olt joining us. We go through his whole playing career talking about his journey from winning state championships in Connecticut to the big leagues and dealing with a lot of adversity he had, dealing with some concussions and vision issues. It's a really good episode. Chris had some really good pointers about uh, his journey as well. Just two two big league guys that face a lot of stuff chopping it up. So really, really good episode. You're going to like this one. Check it out. Pelotero pickle episode 107 i'm bobby Tewksbury joining me as always is chris colobello we also have special guest mike olt joining us today we'll get into that later before we get started a reminder send us your emails to pickle at Pelotero.com or hit us up on twitter at Pelotero pickle we love getting questions i actually got one that i didn't share with producer patrick so i'll dig into that later chris how you doing to what a take two that, that was what a, to to two, you. Did, crap, I, what a
1: take two, Bobby. Thank you. I just what take I do
0: have a little beef jerky still stuck on my in my teeth and tongue and whatnot. I think you so should I do a, the whole
1: show with retake. beef jerky in your mouth. You won't. whole show with I just, beef
0: jerky in your I, mouth. I just ate jerky. I just ate almonds. We're, I'm done eating for the episode. I'm going to drink a lot of fluid, so a lot of water, a lot of coffee.
1: Great. Special guest, da-na-na, da-na-na, Michael. Dude. Mike, friend of the program, former major league player, Michael. How Michael.
2: we doing, man? I oh was a big goodness. leaguer. You're Sorry. right. I
1: was a big leaguer. I keep forgetting that sometimes. You still are a big leaguer. True. Except you just don't play there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking that's, of that, just what? Out of curiosity, did you get the email about the uh, class action thing that's going on right now?
2: With the minor league stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So part actually. Of that, you know. Yeah. And yeah, I talked to somebody about it. I think like what is it, 180 million. Right. Or something ridiculous. We're yeah, going to get a cut of that. We're
1: like, yeah, we should get probably like 95% of that.
2: We're going to get me and in you. February. Yeah, probably. Uh, I negotiated with him. I upped it at least 3000, but like February, March coming in. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. that will be a great. nice day. Bobby, are you part of that? Were you in the minor leagues in 20? No, this is uh
0: oh. this is a call that this is a recording. I get to be quiet on because I'm not allowed to talk when I'm around big leaguers. Twitter taught me that. No, I,
1: think, <laughs> I think, oh, yeah, that's right. Jeff Fry <laughs> told you, didn't he? You yeah,
0: were, not a lot talk. Yeah. My opinions are no longer valid because of who's on the call. So good luck, guys. Have a good show.
1: Thanks. I've been Mike, watching and I, this and Mike and I's opinions count, though, because we play in the major leagues.
0: Yeah. What, um, what let's if you throw an ample up.
1: BP to big leaguers? Does that count? You do throw great
0: BP. Mm, maybe. If I mean, probably not, though. Bring, if you, you need to make at least one out in the big leagues or have one plate appearance or stand on the field for one out.
2: We should put up the homer uh, and what happens if, right now.
0: What happens if you're – if you play in a major league game, let's – for instance, you go out on the field for one pitch. Or no, before a pitch even happens. Maybe like you're out there. You get thrown out there for an inning late in the game. Like defensive replacement. The pitcher warms up. He hurts himself during warm-ups. And then for some reason you get taken out of the game. You're never that means double you don't, switch. You have any, yeah, you get double switched. Like a double you get double switched out of in you that imagine if that was your cup of coffee, your only chance to oh. get double switched during a pitcher injury. That would be or, so sad. Or if you get
1: ejected, you imagine you get in a fight and you get ejected, <laughs> and then you're
0: done. How <laughs> could you possibly get ejected? It,
1: no, I like I feel like
0: all... <sighs> I feel like the fraternity of Major League Baseball is interesting because like you guys are all on the same team from a business standpoint. So at some level there's all these videos with the guys mic'd up. Now when guys make their debuts, it's really like supportive and Hey man, congratulations stick around like blah, blah, blah. I'm actually curious for both of you guys, if you have any cool stories about that, like first time at the show in the show of you know different guys, maybe like Chris, like Ortiz gets the first base and he says something or Miguel Cabrera or I don't know. Curious if you guys have any cool stories, like, when, you, when you made your debuts, or right oh. when you get up there, right, I got a great—I
2: got a great one. All right, like so I got wait. called up. Got called up playing first base. Right, Beltray's at third. Third's my spot. I played probably—I don't know, maybe nine or ten games at first. We're in the playoff push here, so they call me up. I'm going to face lefties. Me and Mitch Moreland we're going to platoon, and freaking. Sold out crowd. Walk up, standing ovation. Unreal. Base hit. Game goes on. Tight ball game. Bunts on. Right, so we got a bunt situation. Dugouts like, hey Mike. I'm like, dude. I at least know the situation. I know they're gonna bunt. Fine. Say, hey Mike, we're bunting. I'm like, again, I know. First and second, I understand. Albert Pujols looks at me. Swear to God, and goes, hey Mike. It's first and second. You don't have to hold me on, but You can move in. I <laughs> shit you not. Defense replacement. Next inning. <laughs> hey Mike, you um, you can you can go up. there. That's why they're saying. That's why they're going like this. Is I said. No, no, no doubt. I, I was just. I wanted to. I'm doing like a play where I'm like sneaking over here, keep you close, and then go in. That's what I was. You know. Defense <laughs> replacement. Like
0: commercial. The Dick's supporting Guys commercial where the kids holding the runner on third. That's, yeah, <laughs> that you. except Albert oh, the, was like, hey, uh, oh, hey, guys. uh, don't hold me up. I loved it. was Albert, up- though.
2: I just loved it. That's like awesome. Albert's the one I said, not like a, a random guy.
1: The, those those are the weird ones because, like, when you get the first and second situation, right, you just don't, because you want to go over and talk to David Ortiz or Albert. Yeah, Poole yeah maybe or that's Mike what was Trout Or whatever and then all of a sudden you're like am I allowed to walk over it's first and second that my first year was so uncomfortable because every time I played first base I would never know when it was kosher to go walk over and talk to a guy right and then by my third year I was fine like the picture my my favorite conversation at first base is the one with Ortiz where I was telling him in Spanish that I was looking in the dugout Mark Burley was trying to get me to play in and he's like, "No, get in front of the runner." And David Ortiz is up against a cutter throwing guy. I was like, "Dude, he's gonna hit one off my teeth. Oh he's my literally gosh. gonna hit it off my teeth." So then Ortiz gets down at first, and I and I go talk to him, and I'm looking at him. It's literally my Facebook wallpaper. I love it. It's one of my favorite pictures. It's my my the back of my jersey. I'm standing there with my hands on my side, and I'm going, "Oh yeah," in Spanish. I'm like, "These mother." Or telling me to play in against you hitting, and you just hit a ball nine hundred fourteen miles an hour foul. I was like, Nah, hell no, I'm playing back, dog. And he's he's sitting there like laughing. <laughs> those are those are my favorite moments. But I was I didn't I, yeah I used to get nervous about having that that first base talk though, especially with yeah. The first what
2: do you time. talk about? Hey, how are the kids? You got. to like, have, I have
0: trouble. I have trouble thinking you wouldn't have something to talk about. You're. You're a good communicator, yeah, but, good talker.
2: You know what it is? I think so, but when I'm playing first base and shitting myself, I the thoughts <laughs> are just trying to survive. So then it's like mixing in what am I going to talk about in those spots? Definitely difficult.
0: Easier to have it's conversations difficult. when you're relaxed, like kicking back at dinner or like Oh yeah, hanging out in the yeah. clubhouse versus Not when you're in a playoff
2: push playing a yeah. ba- like a position you don't ever play
1: with 42,000 in the state in the seats. Yeah. Yeah, it was
2: fun. I slept great. That's the that's our I was sleeping sex, good. Man. Just don't look up.
0: <laughs> don't look up. Crazy. All right, Mike. We're gonna get can we can we go down memory lane right now? Can we let's go. Let's do this. Let's go. <clears throat> so based on the show notes, I understand you won a championship at high school. Is that true?
2: Junior year class double L champions.
0: All right. Let's go let's go. And, back there. and we, we went to –
2: Yeah, we can go back as far as you want.
0: Take me take me back to like Little League, Michael. What kind of player were you when because uh, you grew up in Connecticut, right?
2: Grew up in Connecticut. Connecticut guy, Yukon uh, guy. Was I? You know, my dad has a good story about when we went to my first Little League game. Um he was playing catch with me and he was using his bare hands because I was only, you know, five. So I started throwing to him. I don't think we ever played catch or like maybe he didn't know what my arm strength was or maybe I was jacked up opening day. I started throwing to him and he's like, holy shit, he needed a glove. And then he looks over and his buddy, his buddy and his son, his buddy's son was trying to figure out what hand to put the glove on. <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> he's like, oh my God, I think we got something. <laughs> I think Mike, Mike's over here savant. pounding me. And he's a like, savant. no, you got to put it on this hand. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> 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 so literally literally mike i think um i don't dominated, know i think
0: that's what you're saying
2: I, I don't really know if i dominated but we had a good squad we um we had a lot of talent brand all star you're on all
0: the all-star teams i assume coming up
1: dude yeah yeah there was something in the water in connecticut at that time because that's Did like we, george yeah, springer all, like barnes Matt there, Harvey. Like right yeah. along, same time yeah and yeah.
0: Is Barnes a Connecticut I mean, guy too? I knew I know Springer yep. was. It was Barnes? Barnes, Barnes is 80% from Eighty percent of Bethel. you
1: guys ended up at UConn, doing it's, our thing. Kudos, kudos. Good recruiting. To, good
0: good recruiting to that staff. Yeah, it, it ain't no doubt. So I'm assuming you made all your All Star teams and everything, like 10, yep. 10 U All Stars. And um, how about did you? Were you in the AAU scene at all, or any travel ball?
2: No, I never did any AAU. Actually, I did. Uh, I did it for one year. Connecticut storm. I think I played uh, summer ball there, and then a fall, maybe two falls there. But we didn't really do the the um, travel ball, probably because we had such a good squad, like of talented guys in Branford. So, yeah, our teams like our Legion team instead of the AAU. We did Legion, and you know when I was a freshman. I was playing with freshmen in, in college. Like the, we had seven guys come back from college. You know how in Legion you can if you're eighteen years old you can play. So the talent yeah. was there, did that, hit ninth. You know, that's the first time I was hitting ninth, but that's how good our squad was. Went to the World Series twice. Um but yeah, the AAU is so different now though than it was when I was there.
1: You know, I gave now the there's... hottest of hot takes about about AAU travel baseball the other day. It's so interesting. Bobby asked me on a scale of one to 10, how hot my take was. And I said it was a 10 and I think he agreed. It was spicy or it was, spicy hot or yeah, just like, well, so you're, you're now what? 32, yeah, 33, 32, 34. Like it's just, no, it's yeah, just
0: about having same, fun. They're the
1: same number. Same we're Like, right. You're so just bear in mind, like you're younger than us, which is good. Yeah. But in terms of percentage of life, like you don't get closer in terms of actual number of years, you get closer to us in terms of percentage of life lived, right? So,
3: this technically, is deep, that's
1: though. our way. Of, that's our way of saying, "Hey, you're getting older." In regards to us, you know what I mean. You're getting closer. Like you're, like, you're more. You're in our generation.
2: Like right? I'm growing up right in front of your eyes.
1: Yeah. So okay. anyway, what I was telling Bobby was like when we were growing up. To be a, to play travel ball, like you either had to be like a dude dude or mm-hmm. like somebody had to come seek you out, and and we played in towns. Like you went to the Legion World Series, I went to the Legion World Series where Legion mattered, and mm-hmm. it was really good. So we didn't worry about it, right? No, but back then when a travel ball team had fifteen guys on it, they were awesome. They all got.
0: It used to be like a state. Towns. It was like a state all star team. Back in the day. Yeah, basically. Even Legion. Yeah, I don't yeah, know about so you guys, true. but my, my Legion team was like five or six towns. So Legion ball was like a high school yeah. all-star team. Travel ball was like a state all-star team. And then Chris, keep going.
1: And so the point was, the point that I made to Bobby last week, is now the reason why it's changed, why it's like the wild, wild west now, is because our generation, who is like the parents now, used to see travel ball as like this elite thing. That's... And probably why they feel so entitled when they get there or they make their kids feel entitled, it's like, oh, you're on a travel ball team. That must mean you're so nasty. True. You're going to get a division really? one scholarship. No doubt. Back then, 20 years ago, it meant you were getting a Division one scholarship. You if you yeah. played for the new England roughnecks or the storm or whatever, there were like, only, there were very few organizations. Yeah. You were probably yeah. getting a division one scholarship. No doubt. But now that's a great like, point. Now I, mean, you I can probably, make one tomorrow. You 30%. Exactly. We can make a team and 32% chance. Like you might not play college baseball. sixty-two percent right. chance you play college.
3: Baseball.
2: Even hotter take, right? It's
1: there. it's it's wild though. Like the whole pay-to-play model is wild. I, yeah, because it, it creates this paradigm where if the the heads of the organizations don't really stand for something, then it becomes just whatever. It's like cattle call. Like let's hang out, see how much money you can give me, and then the plan to please everybody is a plan to please nobody. So then. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving on. Two Legion (laughs) World Series. This guy's my one. Better than me. Just FYI, you went to two Legion World Series.
0: Yeah. Where were those held? Where were the Legion World Series?
2: The first one was Rapid City, North Dakota or South Dakota. South Dakota. One of the two. Where um... Cedar Rapids? No, uh, Rapid City.
0: Rapid City. Yeah.
2: Okay. Mount Rushmore. It was the coolest place ever. I mean, you think of it; it's, really? it was legit. Yeah, they got the Badlands, they got Mount Rushmore. We we did it all. We had I had my brother. Um, we did the whole scenic thing, and he's out these bison just running around the fields. And you know, my mom and grandfather are like, "Hey, Ty, get close to the bison over there. Let's get a picture." We get back in town and start talking about it. It's like the fifth. I think it's the fifth most or cause death is a bison herd, like a, a stampede. And we're like telling my little brother, dude, get a little closer. Dude, smack his ass. Just like, so it's, uh, <laughs> looking back, we got some good stories from those travel days.
0: That's electric. Pretty risky. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so we didn't no, know. No, we, didn't, no, we, didn't, we didn't know. So you, it sounds like you guys had a really good group of kids coming up. Good yeah. Good group of players. Yeah. If you win state championships, winning uh, Legion championships.
2: Yeah, we did. Good. Not many guys went, like, when I was younger, a lot of them went D1. But my junior year when we won the States, we had one one other guy, two, maybe three. Three guys who go D1 out of everyone. But just a bunch of grinders, good coaching. Our coach came in there and just, like, I remember those practices. I mean, we do time five-mile runs. Um phew, He had these circuits that we would do, but like we were, we were definitely disciplined back then. We were ready for college after we got done there.
1: Did I ever tell you guys my bus story in Legion? Your turned our season around. Your butt. I never told you guys. So the year we went to the World Series, first of all, we went to Yakima, Washington, which out of all places to go for the World Series, I got the short end of the stick. Yakima, Washington is a dumb, nice central location. who lives in Yakima. Yeah, (laughs) like. It was, it was, we flew, we flew from, we were in Bristol, Connecticut. We won the, the, the regional in Bristol. We went Bristol, which was cool. Cause it's where ESPN is like, right. the Muzzy fields got a lot of tradition, right? We go Bristol to Chicago, Chicago to Seattle. And we have to get on a puddle jumper from Seattle wow. to uh, Yakima. Yakima. And when I say a, a puddle jumper, dude, there were like, literally we had 22 people in our travel party. And there were twenty-two seats on the plane. Wow. Now, bear in mind, JP Pine, who is the head coach at Amherst College now, was our our pitching coach. JP's a large man. His family has NFL ties. Like Jim Pine played in the NFL. He was a lineman, just to be clear. So we were like, JP, make sure you sit in the middle seat in the back, because we don't want to see through the plane. <laughs> Two of our coaches, Bounce. our head coach, <laughs> our head coach, Rich Pierre and our assistant coach were like, we're not getting on that plane. We're driving. So they 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 literally for us it was an hour flight. They took a three hour drive. They were like, I'm not doing it. So, but anyway, my best story from and You want to talk about discipline or getting yelled at? We're 12 and three at one point. We lose back to back games, and it, he the reason our head coach told us was because we didn't. He couldn't throw a breaking ball. He couldn't call a breaking ball because he didn't trust a the catcher to block it, and b <laughs> the pitcher to execute it so the second day we lose to to Marlboro who wasn't very good they had one good pitcher who shut us down and after the bus after the game we used to get meal money in legion five bucks stop at mcdonald's on the way home really healthy stuff every every trip we stopped at mcdonald's so <laughs> we're on the bus on the way back getting in the bus and we had just lost a nine inning bender it was a seven inning game we went to extras we lost two to one And he started mother effing us to Timbuktu, like literally. And he's throwing the meal money up in the air. None of us (laughs) like dared go get the meal money. But on the bus, he was like, he was like slobbering on himself. He said every curse word in the book. Like shit was the most mild word that came out of his mouth throughout the conversation. One of our guys, Brendan Wynn, I think left with like all the meal money because like Think he was tough to get into his jersey because it went up in the air. We won That's out very the rest late. of the regular season. You
0: just, you just ran him over with a bus right there, like twenty years later. That was nice.
1: Yeah. Oh no, this has been like open topic conversation. in Milford, we're like, <laughs> hey, Winnie, when are you taking us out to dinner for all the meal money? <laughs> but uh, like, it, it was to the point where the next day it was like knock him down to lift him up type thing. The next day he came in and apologized to all of us, and then we didn't lose the rest of the way. We lost one game at the state tournament. And we didn't lose again until we got to the World Series. You know, we were
2: twentieth in the state the the first time, twentieth in the state, and we ended up just—I mean, we're scoring. Then we just started scoring twenty runs a game. It was ridiculous, red hot. States done regionals, like not even a question was over. Like guys were like, "I were running,
1: you were doing five mile woods races with your teammates. Talk about discipline."
2: I know, yeah. but guys like didn't want to go to the World Series. They're like, "I gotta go to, I gotta go to school." <laughs> like, you know, I got set you up, up the dorm. To yeah, I showed up late yeah. my my uh, freshman year in college. I showed up uh, three days late.
1: That's why we were meant to be best friends, you know. That's why we we're meant to be best friends, Mike. Same thing, freshman year. Showed freshman year,
2: <clears throat> showed up, just came <laughs> in like a out of the hell.
0: Let's talk about let's talk about UConn. Did you did you feel like you facing? Um... Any adversity come through high school, like from a playing level standpoint? Or did yeah. you, were you just pretty good the whole no, time? No, not there?
2: playing level, but um, knowledge level of how the game, mm-hmm. what the situations are in a game. Um,
0: what, was the diff- what was the biggest, the ho- hardest thing, the transition from high school to college, what was your hardest, like what was the hardest element for you?
2: For me – I would say trying to understand every situation the game's gonna bring me. I think they did a great job of like kind of taking it slow with me. I remember the first practice, I came in late, first practice, and Coach Penders were in this big circle, and he's like, hey, like situational stuff. And Mike, what are we gonna do? You gotta run our second base less than two outs. I'm like, drive the ball in the gap. He's like, no, no, like, what are you gonna do? Run our second base. What's the job entail? Like, how to get him over? He's like, I'm going to hit a ball in the gap. Like, he thought I was kidding. I was like, nah, I don't understand. Like, why wouldn't I want to hit a ball? You know, get the runner over. Ground ball, second base would do the job. You know, all this stuff. I didn't know that. Hit and run, I'm still trying to jack. Uh, Oh, looks from the pitcher, right? So at shortstop, we had signs. Zero looks, one look, two looks. So we had to go through all these signs. I could not for the life of me figure out how to do it. One time I literally was like this. Like I, just naturally I just fucking went it like that. And I'm right. just and dude, they started dying. It was like, Mike, did you just give the body of Christ? I said, I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. Just just look and throw it. If I want it, just pick me. But like all those things that like I had to understand, like I just I had to slow the like slowing the game down was probably the biggest thing. And I think uh, it didn't take long, but it, there were some learning curves on the mental side of it. I
1: want to back. I want to back up. Was it UConn or Bust for you? I've never even talked to you about this. I've known you for three years. Like, was it UConn or Bust, or were you more like, were there other schools? Like, what what was your recruiting process like?
2: I mean, when I was a sophomore, it was always going down south. It's like the only thing I could think of. That's that's what will get me to the next level. But then, as I got closer, my brother went to UConn. So I basically did a lot of my junior year, a lot of visits on the Northeast, like all North. I did Maine, Quinnipiac, UConn, um, like all those schools in the Northeast were interested. But when it came down to it, I uh, UConn was definitely my brother being there to ease me into it. And we did a showcase at UConn, you know, like the two turtles, uh, you can do like a Japanese BP, right? There's, like, that yep. small window where you can, like, uh, the BP pitcher could actually get hit. And my my boy, Desi, Chris Badesua, I watched him wear a line drive off his forehead. He started bleeding. And I'm I'm in the turtle, like, just looking, and everyone's like this, and he's with the ball in the hand saying, get in the box of the scuff. I'm like, that man right there is going to take me to the promised land. Sweet. So, I told, I told my parents on, on the drive home, we ended up, like, not committing for, like, a little bit. But I said, I'm going to go to UConn. I swear, it, it's those two combinations, brother and watching that man have <laughs> blood, like, Nolan Ryan, like, blood coming down. And he had to go to the Cape right after that. So, he coached first base in the Cape was the assistant. Coach Penders would always say, like, I had to call him every, like, 15 minutes to make sure, like, he was still awake, like, driving. 100% concussed. Just an absolute. <laughs> Let's just do this.
1: What a different time! What a different yeah. time.
2: But I mean, yeah, it wasn't like or bus. I just didn't get any real offers from down south after I didn't really like proceed it anymore. I was I was in on just staying in the Northeast.
0: It's it's a lot different now trying to go down south because. I mean, video, social media, different travel events, True. the whole national yeah. circuit now with, you know, the all American games and world War bat and everything. There's just, there's a lot mm-hmm. more opportunities to be South and it's a lot easier to compare player ability now than it was then through metrics and whatnot. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I,
1: I still don't think yeah. I wouldn't have got the attention. I wouldn't have got the attention guys are getting now. I, I, I still wasn't good enough. Like I, in relative terms, if you really think about the the player that profiles to get Division One offer now, I, I was none of those things. I was none of them. I I, I could hit. The, I could get base hits. My best quality was always the ability to get base hits, and nobody cares about that. Like literally, what was your nobody size? cared about it then. Nobody cares about it now. I was, big? I graduated. I, I was six two, six three, like just right around what I am now. Just maybe an inch shorter, but I went from I was five nine. When I was a freshman, when I went into high school, and by the time I was starting my junior year, I was 6'3". So, I, I literally, I went this way, but I didn't go this way at all. Mm-hmm. So, I I mean, I was 140 pounds when I got to high school, and I was 160
0: If you're listening, he pounds. just went vertical and not wide, for the, anybody listening not Oh, watching. yeah, I forgot. But not taller, not wider. Wasn't he was a beanpole. He listening- was he's built like a fungo. Yeah,
1: and a bad fungo too, like pear shaped fungo, because like all my weight just, it's like it all went to my hips. I was like the guy who would eat a chocolate bar and go to my hips. Then I started playing with guys who would eat a chocolate bar and they'd grow an ab, and I was like, why don't I yeah, do that? Yeah, like what you know? Like I would, I would see Stantrell Smith would eat a Snickers bar and his biceps would start bulging, and I'm like, <laughs>
3: like, yeah, I, I just need the
1: sugar and calories, carbs, sugar, calories, they help me. It's crazy. It's, cr- I, I, yeah. I wouldn't have been. You were better than you were better than that, right? Like you were you were on the varsity as a sophomore, freshman, even almost.
2: Yeah, I started as a freshman.
0: So
2: uh, I wasn't. That I don't old. think I was like you started, you started varsity while. as a
0: freshman.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: So I was ty- is- I was small. I I started playing varsity as a sophomore, but I kind of had a growth spurt freshman and sophomore year.
2: Yeah, freshman year I didn't do great. Oh. But
0: you're playing. You're I think I probably 14, 15 started, years old playing against 18 year olds. So Yeah. And
2: there was a lot of talent tough. in Connecticut. Like we were facing guys throwing 90, 92 plus a lot, actually, that freshman year kind of died down by my senior year. But um, I think I started when I started lifting a lot more. So probably like my junior senior year started getting good. I really wasn't that good in high school.
1: So I would say we all, we all had really different paths, right? to get there. And we all mm-hmm. turned out to be really good college players. So mm-hmm. that like, the point I think to make and, and I do I experienced that this this past weekend, I was down at one of our facilities that Pelotero works with down in Georgia. And one of the one of the kids that was at the showcase or event was he was asking, he's like, man, I just don't feel like I'm, you know, as good as these guys. I said, So what just keep going? Yeah. just go like, just go, man, because you're going to decide when your career ends. Because we we carve our own path as, as we get older, but like, you might not be as developed as the high school kid, right? You just have to just keep pushing, just keep chugging. And the battles that you'll fight as a undersized player, the, the lessons that you'll learn as, as the guy who maybe doesn't have as much talent, will take you to the next level when you're, when you catch up, right? When you, when you, when you catch up physically. So that's, Something that I, you know, I always try to remind people. Um, let, let's let's push forward to UConn now. So UConn was trending upward at the time when you went there, right? Like you you knew they were going to be good for the most part.
2: Uh, not my freshman. I knew we had great.
1: Like my freshman class was going to
2: be really good. We had one, two, three, four, maybe four or five starters. As a freshman so like the freshman class was good plus our saturday guy and so i knew the talent was there i didn't know the recruiting class that we had the coming in after after for my sophomore year
1: now that class was like electric those were those transition years for uconn and baseball like yeah, you were you were no probably doubt. the start of that right and mm-hmm. i mean if you think of uconn baseball now you're thinking of a top 25 program yeah national, i think they're which i think they are hard right to now do, in the Northeast, it's hard, right? And yeah. I mean, last year they were a few swings away from,
3: oh, man,
1: from beating Stanford and going to the World Series. trade I watched all those games. Yeah.
2: It's uh, game becoming normal, though.
1: Yeah. that's And that's awesome. That's a testament yeah. to Coach Penders and the job he's done. Yeah, absolutely. Building the culture and expectation there, which is awesome.
0: Is he is Penders from Connecticut?
2: Yeah, he's from Connecticut. He's from uh, so- – what? Well, I- yeah, his dad coached there like forty years ago, fifty years ago. And then so he's from Connecticut.
0: Who is the who is the coach before him? What's his name? Um Baylock. Such he a throws stud. Such good BP. His such battle such practice is awesome.
2: I hit him in the arm in BP on a comebacker, and he also kept throwing. Next day I saw him, the arm was just fully blue. I'm like, oh my the best BP, nicest guy ever. He could throw all day and just, like, loved being around the guys. So he still came back. He still came back a bunch, actually, which is sick.
0: I met him at the uh, New England All-Star game one year, and it was just tremendous. He was just oh,
2: awesome. Such a good guy. All of them were. All those coaches.
0: <clears throat> what was it like? Because um, was it uh, – what year was it – you guys played the, the regional? Because I went to in uh, – where was it? It was in Connecticut. I think you guys played Oregon. Um I remember I've, I have a video of Springer from there. I probably have a video from you somewhere on a hard drive. But what was it like kind of – it seemed like the moment was big for you guys, when, like just going as a fan. Yeah. It just seemed like Oregon had kind of been there and you're hosting regional. The place was packed. The place was packed. It's just like first it time was being there.
2: sold out. It's, it's not packed. that we weren't ready. It was we weren't ready for the West Coast play. Oregon bunted in the first inning. Like they were doing the little things that, you know, we don't, uh, we're used to teams just trying to bang it out, you know? And so they were getting guys over. They did a lot of little things right that we could have, we could have done a little bit better. I mean, we should have won that, both those games against Oregon, but it was a, a little fundamental thing out of like nine fundamental plays, we made eight. And that one, that one hurt us. You know, we had a pickle yeah. on one of them that was a pickle on a maybe a pickoff or something like that. The first game, a bunt in the third game, so it wasn't it wasn't like we weren't ready for it. We definitely were ready for the stage. All the guys were definitely there. It's just uh, handling all the little things throughout a whole game with the the pressure on like that was was what what got us.
0: Yeah. I remember you guys. It's your second baseman, like never struck out. I forget his name. He's but he never Pierre, LePage, struck
2: out. Pierre LePage. One of the best yep. second basements. He could foul off ten straight pitches and be like, "Say, I'll just foul tip this straight back, ten straight times." The most incredible thing I've ever seen. He hit oh his sophomore year. He was hitting like two eleven through thirty games. I swear to God, he hit six fifty. The next twenty five. It was the most and his defense was incredible he um he got drafted by the cubs had a back injury lower back injury and he just had a tough situation where he's super smart was wanted to be like a lawyer get into that all that so more schooling and to get his career started he's like i just don't know it's such a small window for me to make it so he went mm-hmm. you know he went with the uh the corporate world but he was a stud
1: he would have been so good at this game. We played in the 2006 Worcester Tornadoes were no, notorious for making up hitting games in the cage. <laughs> and we invented a game called Hitashi. I don't know why it got called Hitachi because, I don't know, it felt like it had an Asian twist to it. Uh-huh. And Keith Beauregard, new hitting coach for the Detroit Tigers, Keith Beauregard, invented this. And I wonder if Miguel Cabrera is going to do this next year. Uh, I hope so. In cage, I hope in so. cage work we would basically call out like three things you had to do. You had five swings to accomplish four goals. So usually it was like hit a ball, the opposite field, hit a ball to the pull side, hit a ball off the L screen. And then the last one, you had to fall straight back. Oh, he would have really killed really it hard to do really. Hard. He Pierre LePage would have been so good at hit So good. He was one of those guys. He, the best he part be is you get anything. to
0: yell Hitachi when you when you yeah. finish the fourth <laughs> item. You just yell Hitachi.
1: The, 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 after uh, the last uh, one, you have to say Hitachi. <laughs> Very uh, sumo.
0: The first right. time I experienced that, I'm like, "What is happening? Why are they yelling Hitachi? I don't I don't understand this game." Because <laughs> I didn't you explain watched, it. You, you watched, watched it. it live,
1: yeah. I wouldn't know what to yeah, say. Yeah, either. because it's just because we had fun. We we like it was the. The proverbial just make stuff up to entertain yourself. Right? Mm-hmm. That was, I think that's the biggest. That's the biggest difference I see today is, and I, and I was talking about this this weekend. I think so many kids are waiting to be told what to do instead of really carving their own path, uh, playing, making their own they don't decisions. Play. Yeah, just pl- yeah. Like play. Rich Gedman used see? to say, "I turned everything into a game. I turned my game of catch into a game. I would." I would play target with the other guy. Even if he didn't know that we were playing, I would, I tried not to finish last in sprints. I, I was always, it was always a game to me. Yeah. I, that's, that's how I translated so much of what I did into entertainment for myself because I said this and I wrote an article on our community website. Like I, I was so bored when people started talking, I hated it. Cause I black out, think about Jimmy <laughs> Churi and yeah. you know, you know, Sausalito cookies. Bobby, see, I didn't use lizards and cotton candy.
0: I was waiting Sausalito for it too. I was waiting for cotton so candy good. and lizards.
1: Sausalitos were like the chocolate macadamia ones by uh, Pepperidge Farm. Do <laughs> you remember those? Oh, I do remember those.
0: I was a big, uh, what were the? Uh,
1: Miss Fields. What were the
0: Pepperidge Farm ones? Not then My brain's going thin mints, but that's not what I'm thinking about. Milano's. Milano's is what I'm thinking of.
1: Milano's, oh, the ones with the chocolate in the middle. Oh, you get the, so the
0: trays with like four cookies and you just work your way down the, down the trays.
1: After the first tray, like just one more, then another tray, and yeah. then another tray. Yeah, from- yeah. You used to get so upset because the volume of cookies in the ba- in the bag just wasn't, but they were so good. Yeah. yeah.
0: Just got to take small bites, save for, the, save for each bite. That's can't the secret. It. You can't do like a two bite on a Milano. You just can't do it. Uh, all right. So Yukon, you had success you you're a first round draft pick
3: sure. so
0: what was uh i remember for, i mean i chris and i were both pretty bad stat rats we'd be all up in the box scores i i kept i was keeping track of the yukon and it, basically every school in the northeast i was just want to know northeast, what the kids are doing was <clears throat> paying attention throat. so take us through that process because chris and i have both never been drafted unfortunately mm-hmm. uh what was it like going through that process what 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 conversations happened? What what things were said that didn't come true? Were there any surprises? Like, what was that all like?
2: I think, again, it was a lot different back then. There wasn't these rankings or anything like that, really. there was. I think Baseball America had some things and all that. So, did I knew if junior year I had a chance to get drafted? Yes. Um, but I would say about 20 games in, I think I had one home run. One or two home runs. And I was the biggest bust of the draft, you know, 20 games in. And I remember uh, to this day, it was at Hartford. I had like four different stances. I went really wide, a couple of them, like just to try and get me out of this. And I remember in on the on-deck circles just saying, I'm so sick of the the stress of this. I'm just going to come back next year. Like, let's just enjoy it. I went up there with a backyard baseball swing. And I think, so 20 games in, had a base knock there then a double, then a homer. I think I had 25 homers in the next 30-something games. I, like, just – that's that's what ha- – like, this, there was a lot of stress on my end, and I put I put it all on myself. So the draft was, like, hurting me, and then I finally was just like, screw it, I'll just come back. And, and then um, that's where I let the natural ability kind of take over again. But when it came to, like, talks and stuff – It started, the talk started in early, before the season. We had all the meetings with all the teams. So that's when it starts becoming real. That's when you start like, wait, this is actually happening. And then during the, uh, I didn't talk to anyone during the year, but Texas came. I went nine for nine in a doubleheader, nine for 10 in a doubleheader with three homers. And that was it. Broke up with my girl the night before broke up with my girl the night before 9 for 10 this is yeah. so broke up i had a pizza in my car and i'm like all right listen i got two two things here i can turn left and try and rekindle this or i can turn right eat this pizza by myself and just go turn right 9 for 9 for 10 the next day
1: it's funny it so if you're
2: listening if you're listening i mean sorry <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's funny you say that. I think that's it's like a, a a weird one for me. Every time I felt like I was in a relationship in in high school or college, I didn't particularly hit. No. Well. No. And okay. so, imagine how how ridiculous we were as kids. We were so people asking for we superstitious. I'd be like, "Well, she don't have any hits in her. I gotta break up."
2: <laughs> oh yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> Desi would like, always say, he's like, you don't ever get a relationship. That's my number one rule for you. Don't get a relationship. Like two months later, had a relationship. He's like, Mother,
1: yeah, of course. I told you. Well we didn't we didn't understand that shit when we were young, right? We yeah. didn't understand the yeah. stresses of having a girlfriend. I think so much of it was about appearance status you want she to help see, me in
2: class
0: like, you
1: know yeah, like little like things like about that. Was my house my homework <laughs> yeah. i never had to worry about that part i have <laughs> nothing to
0: do with helping with uh, your homework we know uh, why you want a girlfriend she, it's not like yeah. come on
3: <laughs> Cause you so, think
0: uh, she's yeah, pretty that's, and that's why yeah, you get a girlfriend
1: so throughout um, your junior year <laughs> it's shifting which brings me to my next topic so throughout your junior year, you, you think you're gonna get drafted but you don't know, you're putting the stress on yourself, the pressure. And
2: then I said, I'm not and then, getting drafted. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then it's, I went but off. that's
1: you let go, right? Like I yep. always tell people when when you let go of the burden that you're creating for yourself that doesn't that isn't focused on the task at hand, yep. like we try to we try to predict the future, right? We try to try to see the crystal ball and see what's gonna happen. And it's literally the worst place to be because now you're you're projecting what you need to do to get those things to happen. And generally when we put that kind of stress and pressure on ourselves, like it just doesn't, doesn't work. Right. It's, it's, there's too much to think about baseball. It's just, it's more noise. It's the same type of noise that's getting created now with statistics, data, you know, analytics, whatever you want to call it, that is just creating more burden for the players to think about. Right. Like no doubt. If you're in a game and you're thinking about how hard you have to hit a ball, it's taking away from the task of get the right pitch to hit, be on time, take care of your process. Yeah. And it, it, it's it's weird. Everyone I talk to has similar stories where they, you know, they they have something that was a burden, and then when they let go of it, it's like, oh, well, now I start playing well. Because you just stop caring. You stop it, yeah. you know, stressing about stuff that's out of your control. Yep. could take one swing awesome and usually you're one swing away you're exactly.
0: one
2: exactly right but well, you're not one if you're pizza focused on
0: other things. one pizza away
1: one pick one right one turn pizza. away one one, one break up, one right turn that's a good way to
0: put it. what's your or uh right what's turn. your pizza of choice if you got to order go to pizza what do you get like toppings wise
2: uh pepe's pizza Frank and Pepe's. i'll get a sausage and spinach oh so good, good. Choice. I Had it last night i I'm, had the uh, house to myself i had a had a medium pizza. Listen, I'm starting the diet, but it's going to be a little time before I start it. So I wanted to just get one last hurrah, and then I'll start yeah, eating nuts like all day.
0: The, like uh, the person, uh, the person who's going to uh, quit smoking, so they have one more pa- one more cigarette, one more pack, one more.
1: Yeah, it's fun. Like, but that's funny. One I more carton. That, like, one starting, more. <laughs> I'm starting the diet. When you say I'm starting the diet, that time frame could really be. It's open. I, like, yeah, you I, can't start in 2027. It. You could just be like, oh, well, I'm, I'm building up to that day. You
2: know? Freaking during the pandemic, I remember looking at me. I'm like, I'm 230. I'm like, Holy, how did this happen? That was two and a half years ago. And I couldn't believe I got to 230. Now, when I step on the scale now, I'm not comfortable to say what number it is. I cannot believe that 230 mindset was like sickening. And now it just upped it. Uh, you guys know math. I'm not gonna say the numbers. There's some it's numbers. Just a some it's numbers, a lot. Some numbers are
0: uncomfortable to see.
2: Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Well, one one uh one thing that I'm really big on right now is if you want to change, you just got to be the person. Like if you if you can like picture the person that you want to be or picture like yeah, if Michael's like in shape, what is that person doing? Eating right, working out consistently sleeping good, drinking water, like just start doing it. The quickest yeah. way to, to become that person is to be that person.
2: I was in fat camp. Like- um, <laughs> I was in fat camp with the Padres. And I'll never forget we got there and he just made me take my shirt off when we were working out. We were working out at Peco And I'm like, dude, what? He's like, I want you to look at your body. <laughs> because he was there in Texas. So he like saw me like ripped and jacked, but I had a foot injury. With the Padre so I couldn't work out anything. He's like, I don't, even, I can't even look at you. So he brought me out live with his wife, and we would just work out my shirt off. I'm just like, every time I looked at him, I'm like, God, I cannot believe it's like that. But it like triggered me into getting into like this weird, weird space where I was just like, I think, uh, all right, I am changing that, this. Right? Probably. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger
0: I, did that. He did like a—he wore belly shirts around because he would, he would cut uh, he would cut his shirts to like expose his stomach because he he wouldn't uh, want to be embarrassed. It's a good idea. Stomach.
2: Right now, I'm showering with my t-shirt on. Literally, can't even look myself in the mirror. I'm just putting a t-shirt on and oh, showering see by you. myself.
0: That's at where I'm ABCA at. A this year, we got to ABCA this year. You got to go midriff. You got to you got to cut the, oh, cut the
2: bottom of your shirt. <laughs> just eat almonds. It'd be a <laughs> heck of a
0: conversation starter, Mike. Why yeah. can I see your stomach right now? What's happening? <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, why don't you sit All down? Right. I'll explain. Yeah.
0: All right. Let's get into your pro journey because so your first round draft pick. I got to pull it up. Is it forty forty ninth overall? Yep. First rounder from the Rangers. Kind of what? What kind of pressure is it being a first round draft pick? What is it like? Because your journey's, I mean, it's, it's got some highs. It's got some lows, which we'll get into. But what was it like kind of when you get there, your first rounder? Do you feel like first rounders get treated differently? Was it a good thing for you, bad thing for you? Like what was it like just showing up first rounder?
2: I was um, – I think the good thing about that was I was so oblivious. So I I had no idea how Pro ball worked or how the actual business side of things worked, right? So, yeah, they invested money in me. I'm going to play every day. I had no idea that's what it was. Like, I'm eight games in. I'm not hitting. And I'm like, they're going to bench me. Like, the kids are like, what are you talking about? They're, they're not. I said, that's... Why would they not bench me? I absolutely blow right now. He's like, that's just not how a game works. And I slowly... Like, that kind of made me maybe get into that field of thinking it's a little bit different for me. But at the same time, I never had any pressure on me. I just... How do I word that? (laughs) I I, I don't know. Just my mindset was always, I always never really thought I was that good. So my mindset's never been on the pressure of anything. It's always trying to make sure I'm, this is not where I end. It's always, I want to get to the next level, next level. So I think that helped my mindset. And it also hurt my mindset when I got to the big leagues, because at that point you have to really belong, like you got to know that you belong there. So it maybe took me a little bit to kind of get that that mental side of all right there's Such no there's now. nowhere for me to go now am i is this where i am but so with that mindset in the minor leagues it just i just worked hard and never i never felt any pressure i always knew that i was gonna i was gonna perform because i put all the work in
1: that's uh it's so funny you say that because <clears throat> when you you you're, you're always looking for the next challenge right for mm-hmm. me it was Indie ball, I skipped a ball, double a, triple a big leagues. And then when you get to the big leagues, you sit there and you go, well, there's no next, right? Right. Now I just have to, I have to be here. And yep. it's almost like you lose that, you lose that extra drive to like push to the next thing because now you're amongst yeah, what's theoretically the best. And you're sitting there going, all right, well, can I hang?
3: Exactly. Like, I'm just trying to
1: hang. And instead of going, no, 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 I have to, I have to dominate this level. I have to, you know, beat these guys. I have to, whatever, whatever the mindset is. Yeah. And the funny thing was in double A and triple A, I never looked at it. Like I had to dominate. I just, I knew I would figure out how to dominate, but then all of a sudden you get to the field where you have the guys that you see on TV, the guys that are on the highlights and sports Mm -hmm. Center, and you kind of, for me, it was like, I revered those dudes instead of. Thought of them as peers, yeah. So that was that was why it was, I think, a little bit difficult for me at first to just get comfortable with the mindset of of you alone, like I was one yeah. of them. You know, yeah.
0: It's a yeah. it's a unique situation because your entire life there's always the next level. There's always next mm-hmm. le- like you you play little league, you go to high school, you go to high school, you go to college, you go to college, and you you know, try to work your way. Up. So it's it is a unique thing where. Like, there's no higher level. Like, it's just yeah. – it's the peak of the game. And there's only, <clears throat> at that time, 750 guys on a roster. There's yeah. 750, and that's it. So it's, a, I think, unique mindset, unique situation, and just very interesting because then you get the guys that – like, everything that you encountered at, in high school or in college or fighting through some adversity in minor leagues – you get to that level, if you slip, if you trip up, you could be gone.
3: Like, yeah, it's, let's.
0: And and then, like, the pay the scale quick. is so much different. The, the travel is so much different. Like, there's yeah. so many things let's that are that. different.
1: Let's do the quick math on that, by the way. 375 of those 750 are generally pitchers, right? Some percentage of that. So it's 50% pitchers. And then, we, Mike and I have. You go by position. You know, both cor- cor- corner, infielder, or hitter right? So each team to probably has three 50. corner infielders. Yeah,
0: yeah, 50-ish. Yeah, 60. So
1: we're looking at anywhere between 60, maybe 90 if you're going to carry an extra guy that bangs. So, Less than, it's 75. so 75, Less than 100. So 75. So 75. So we had yeah. 20% of the 300. We should have definitely been pitchers. I mean, come on. There's no way doubt. more jobs for pitchers. 12, 13 pitchers per roster. It's easy because as long as you can pitch and get a guy out, they'll find a way to put you in the big leagues. Yeah. And you could throw it, right? right? whether it's a or yeah. whatever. Until
2: Definitely you have the bad be. outing. And then you're just thinking about it the whole time. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I want to be a, a five. Yeah. You always want reliever, to be what, you're what like, position you're not until it actually happens. And you're like, wait, eesh,
1: I want to go back to third. Yeah. It's the same as the stress. That, like you just put unnecessary burdens on yourself yeah. as an individual to be like, Oh, well, if I give up five or if I go over 20, because, no matter what, those thoughts are going to creep into your mind at some point, right? Yeah. Like, for as a pitcher, I'm going to, hey, what if I have a clunker as a reliever? Like, oh, I only get 65 innings. If I have a five right. spot somewhere, that's gross, you know? Um, as a hitter, I have a, what's an over I have a question like? for you
0: guys. I have, a, I have a, a cool question for you guys. In your opinion, your experience, what is the biggest difference between minor league play and major league play? Is it speed of game? Is it just precision no. of game? Is it is it faster? Like what what's the biggest difference?
2: I think from a hitter side of things, um, in the big leagues, they had a plan, and they were able to execute the plan a lot better than a double A guy would. Double A guy, so short season rookie ball. You don't have a plan as a pitcher. You're just trying to get me out. High A, it's starting to maybe I got to understand maybe watch the game a little bit more. How are these how are these pitchers or hitters getting out? And maybe they're starting to catch on to that. Double A, they the stuff is there. They are now getting the pitching coach to say, Hey, we can't beat we can't let Mike beat me on this this this. His cold zones here. Let's attack here. Can they do it? Yeah, but not as consistently as a big leader. So a big leader gets that is like, Hey, here's Mike's cold spot. It's done. I'm in. I'm just going to continue attacking that zone until Mike makes an adjustment and he does not miss as much. That For me as a hitter, that was the only difference. I, I think stuff-wise, minor league guys had better stuff, threw harder, moved a little bit more, and that erratic phase of it kind of makes it a little difficult for a hitter too. I mean, you know, trying to go inside, it's at your head, but then the next one's dotted. Like a, it doesn't do anything for me. The one up on my head doesn't do anything. Like a big layer would put it like right here to shift my focus. And then execute on the next pitch, so they just have a better feel of not just executing the pitch, but how to set you up to
1: execute. I, well, I think I, I slayed think
2: that. I, I think I slayed <laughs> that. that
3: was
0: I, good. I yeah.
1: have. That, I'm going to give you a nine out of ten there, and I'm going to okay. add a layer to it. Everything he just said, <laughs> everything he just said, we're going to get to ten out of ten. Everything okay. I just said, I, I agree with. And when we were coming up through AAA, was like AA was the level that you had to have the stuff, the yep. the. The ability, right? Like that was like if you play Double A, you have the ability to play in the big leagues. Yep. And I think it's a little different now, where tri- they're just pushing prospects to Triple A, right? As opposed to Triple A is now double them in Double A. When we were in Triple A, it was more like they called it the four A guy. They called right. it the the guy that the crafty, that, that was capable of pitching the big leagues, but didn't quite have the stuff to be top line guy in the big leagues. Yep. So you were at the mercy of options and arbitrations and all all, like all that stuff. Right. Or if you had a bad year, maybe you like had to sign a minor league deal coming off an injury, whatever it was. And you're no longer considered a prospect. You're just a guy that can get it done. And you just have to find the right path for you to be a big leaguer. Like you have to find the right team with the right situation at the right Mm -hmm. moment, the layer that I'm going to add to it. And this is where I think it's interesting. If you think about like, a big league pitching staff realistically there's nobody that has a nine ERA at any point like if a guy has a nine for three weeks in the big leagues yeah out. yeah we'll run into guys in double a AA and triple a that have a nine that they're going to keep true. running out there because they're going to develop them yeah. right so in the big leagues this is when when josh Donaldson did the whole like this isn't the try hard league it's the get it done league like they're just gonna wheel in another guy that's right. doing it in 3a right so the difference is I would say everybody when, they, when they're when they in the big leagues generally is kind of at the top of their game. Like even prospects like Jared Kelnick and, and dudes that come up and, and don't get it done, Spencer Torkelson got sent down, right? Like if he was in A hit 200 they day and sent him down. No, like, no. They're just going to leave him there. If there's a dude that's a prospect that has a nine in A, he's just staying there. They're going to mm-hmm. let him figure it out. In the big leagues, they're you're like next, you know? Yeah, so you generally – you have guys that are a little bit more on their game, and because of that, I think you don't get to relax as much, right? You just don't get to relax. You don't get to go. Ah, it's all right. I had a couple clunkers, right? This, no. Everybody is 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 at not at peak, but playing closer to peak more regularly, and that's where I think the consistency piece comes in. You have battles all the time, like the reliever, the the the, the back end of the like the back end of the bullpen guys are probably better than the starters now, but you got to get those like middle relief guys, the ninth, 10th, 11th pitcher. And as a hitter, when you're going, okay, I got Scherzer Verlander and somebody else who's dealing. And then like, they've got ridiculous back end. If they get the lead, you're like a whole series of just facing dudes. You know what I mean? And you might get one or two at bats against dudes that you view as subpar. And if they're pitching well, like, You're still comfortable over 12. Yeah. Comfortable. Like, what are you going to
0: do? Like, what are you going to do? You know, the filter, the filter to get there, the, like the funnel to get to the big leagues. If you look at it through like, all right, it's all the college is all the best, best players from high school. Like the best of the best. It's, I saw Mm -hmm. something like 7.2% of players from high school play in college. That's like the, the, how many actually move on. And then to go from college, all the best guys in single a are the best guys from college. All the guys in Double A are the best guys from Single A. All the guys in trade. Mm-hmm. it's like it gets so tight, and then the layer that Chris just added of like not only are they the best of the best of the best, but they're also but they're playing hot. the best right now. Like because if they're not playing the best right now, they're out. That's to think That's about that. That's a great take. That's a ten intense. for ten. That's,
1: That's my yeah. back job, Wix. 10, ten out of 10s. I, uh, que- I have
0: a follow up. I have a follow up question because you guys we were just we talked about the, the third deck effect how do you manage that? Because for, for a lot of kids, they get on a college field for the first time. It may not be an, a literal third deck, but the emotions of playing on a bigger stage, the emotions of like everybody here is big and strong and fast. Every like it, mm-hmm. it's, you can get those same emotions, even if you're not on a major league stadium. How did, how did you guys deal with that? Any tips or advice or like, um, like what was it like for you to managing that and, Like, maybe I guess if you could do it again, would you do it differently? Or how would your perspective change if you had to do it again?
2: I think it took time. And I think if you ask a lot of big leaguers, it's the same thing. With Texas, it may have sped up on me a little bit more because I was playing a position I wasn't comfortable with. But I remember, you know, talking to Name Drop here, like Michael Young, Kinsler, Napoli. I asked them, I said, it just looks like you guys are playing – backyard baseball like you guys look like i was playing in double a when does that happen and every single one of them said that <laughs> it takes time trust me it's gonna it's just let it happen naturally like a, just keep just keep working hard keep going by your business it's going to happen you'll you'll feel it happen and that comforted me so that allowed me to kind of like took a deep breath because slowly... it's more than just
0: on the field right it's more than just on the field because you're getting. I mean, you're getting treated differently at hotels. The travel's different. Mm-hmm. The money's different. The like your your whole life is being treated differently at that point, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. I think that burden. I never like this. This the peripheral stuff really didn't affect me. I I was more concerned with just getting a sustained opportunity. Right. Like if you get a sustained opportunity, then I think you can like, you have to, it's basically like, are, am I, are they going to give me 20 games in a row where I don't have to like worry about coming out of the lineup where I don't have to worry about over four. Cause we put those burdens on ourselves all the time. Right. Mike just said it. He goes, I, I thought I was going to get benched after eight games. Yeah. Where I was like two for 50 or whatever. Cause what, everywhere else in your life, like even in college, if you go two for 40, probably take a seat but yeah I right? like unless you're at assumption like i was and had the longest leash ever because i was the guy like there was no choice if i had hundred my freshman year like I was gonna hit a hundred that was it <laughs> you know that's and that's that's the difference is like there's always somebody trying to take your job there's always somebody in the minor leagues that's a prospecting like you can only go backwards right to, to sit there and play the backyard baseball that he's talking about you just gotta be comfortable in your own skin. And and when does that's a that's a great observation to be able to ask those guys. Like I asked Joe Maurer, I'm like, Joe, how do you hit these guys? Like how do you <laughs> hit Scherzer and Verlander? He's like, I don't. And I go, What? And that's part of the let go, right? That's part of the letting go. It's like, I don't need to get three hits against Max Scherzer. I don't need to get two hits. I don't even need to get one. Like if I if I go into a game against a frontline guy, and this is the, my problem was I would look at these frontline dudes. I always looked at the dude that had a two or one five or whatever it was. I'd be like, he's got to be nasty instead of, no, he's just a pitcher today and I'm playing against Rawlings. So true, man. If you just play against Rawlings, dude, the guy on the mound doesn't even matter. Yep, He literally does not matter. It doesn't matter who it is because guess what? The guy that's got a one five still makes mistakes. The guy that's dealing, that's on a tense. And when you start going into it and like looking at it as like, Give me the challenge, man. Like, in 15 was the first time I was like, give me the hardest challenge. Like, I love it. Because guess what? If I go 0 for 4, everybody expected me to go 0 for 4. But now all of a sudden you roll out 3 against Felix and everybody's like, what? Like, how'd you do that? I'm like, I just closed my eyes and swung.
2: And just think about you in the the minor leagues, though. You in the minor leagues. (laughs) I couldn't wait to face their top prospect. I'm like, when when is he pitching? I think. So, I got two days. I would, like, prepare my bats for the top. Like, I couldn't wait for the battle. Now, how does that shift as I get to the big leagues? It's like, why why that mentality kind of like not go away? It never goes away, but why was there even a thought of me not being excited to face Furlander, to face Scherzer? Like I couldn't wait in Double A. So when does that mindset
1: like kick over? And yeah. that that took a little time. Yeah, for me it was year three. I'm telling you, and it yeah. had to happen. Like I I had it, the the circumstance you're in matters, right? So like. Right, wrong, or indifferent, it never felt like they wanted me to be a big leaguer in Minnesota. Because like, as soon as I would falter, like they didn't reassure me. They just said, "Seats over there, kid. Put mm-hmm. your dunce cap on." Right, and like that was probably more the old school mindset. Like to get it done, league dude. Just, but then I would see other guys come in. They go oh for 12, twelve, oh for sixteen, and keep running them out there. Hey, come for the cage for extra work. Do this. Like we'll figure it out. And a lot of that goes by age and yeah, prospect status. Oh yeah. I never got that. I wasn't the I wasn't the guy who got awarded that leash or that luxury at the big league level.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's there's always there's more at play too, because you don't know what the front office's plans are if they're trying to get somebody trade value by giving them more at bats or you just yeah, you don't know what's going on at higher levels and you're just out there trying to perform. I have a quick analogy to what you guys are saying. I think this is awesome. Um, really, really impactful stuff quick analogy my daughter is five and we had a we had a parent teacher conference and the teacher said we don't know what she's capable of because she's so afraid to fail she won't try things Mm. and she just won't do it so we've just been encouraging her and encouraging her like she she said like how do you spell tuesday the other day she's trying to spell every day of the week so she asked me how to spell tuesday and she's so afraid to get it wrong and my wife said to her the other day. She goes, you know, I spell words wrong sometimes, too. And she was like, you do? You spell really? mom spells words wrong? And then I told her, yeah, daddy spells words wrong, too. Oh, you should like, tell oh, her you do it all the time. <laughs> well, <laughs> you- I, my, I, I was going to show her on the computer when I type it wrong. There's a red line. But then she just wanted to do everything on the computer all the time. So uh, I can't show her that. <laughs> but just, to, just, just for her to know that mom and dad spell words wrong, she's like, yeah. oh, wow. I don't have to be perfect. Mom and dad aren't perfect and it was mm-hmm. just like this like this earth-shattering news that other people are wrong so you guys saying like hey uh Ian Kinsler how do you do this and you're like dude is i don't it's it's still like there's moments or like yeah. how do you get hits Here. off my off Scherzer you don't like i it's hard, yeah. it's hard for me too and you're so like oh true. okay i don't feel i'm not the i'm not the asshole of the situation yeah. like, it's powerful Here, it's here's really, my really analogy
1: powerful. to here's my analogy to cohen when i was growing up i speak italian and english right so I would spend extended periods of time in one country or the other, up until I was probably like seven. Every time I would spend an extended period of time in one country, so if I was in the states for nine months and then I would go to Italy for like the summer, for the first two weeks I was there, I was I would listen to all my friends, I would understand everything, I wouldn't say anything. I would have to go up to my mom and tell my mom to tell them to say what I was what I wanted to say because I was so afraid. I would say it wrong it's dude fear is the biggest driving Mm -hmm. force for so many of us right for so many people because we fear the unknown we fear the perception of what things will look like i think the single biggest development tool you can have for a, a young athlete is remove the barrier of fear like regardless of where they stand or how confident they seem Like, allow them to understand that failure is okay. Like, it's okay to mess up. And the older I've gotten, the more simple my life's gotten because I don't care about getting embarrassed. Like, because I know it's not a real thing because embarrassment is only what I make of a situation. The same goes hand in hand with what Kratz said to me about, you know how I know when you're struggling is when you let me know that you're struggling. Because otherwise, it just literally, like, it's... It's nothing. It's a nothing burger because you're the only one that perceives it that way. True. That's good stuff.
0: Really? Patrick's going to slice that up. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Oh, that's good stuff. Um, all right. So, Mike, as you progress through your, your career, you had, uh, do we call it a career ending situation with concussions? And yeah. Take us through yeah. what happened. And like, well, I, my, I mean, I had concussion. An in indie ball that was pretty devastating to my career. Um, I wasn't that good anyway. It wasn't like I was in the big leagues and it happened. But I I yeah. understand the impact of having a brain injury and not being able to like see straight. Like I I couldn't track a curveball. I like I literally like they, I would see it. I would recognize it, and I just for my entire life I knew where a curveball was going to finish, and then I just couldn't get mm-hmm. it no matter what. Or a ground ball bouncing. I couldn't I couldn't read the hops. Right. Chris, Chris will tell you, I went out and bounced a ball on the infield dirt because I thought there were soft spots. He's like, Bye, what are you doing? And I was like, I can't, like, I cannot get a good hop. I just, for life, of me, I just couldn't, I couldn't. My, my visual processing was so messed up. So take us kind of through what happened with you and what happened with that.
2: So I ended up going. So when I got to the big leagues 2012, as Chris said, I was the hottest I've ever been. So, like, I was, I think I had 28 homers. 90 RBIs, 290. Um, And then I played, I got hurt in the big leagues. That first month I had plantar fasciitis, couldn't play. So they put me in winter ball, went and played in uh, with Lise. And I mean, I was red hot. So I'll never forget it. Bases loaded, 3-1 count. And I was so locked in that I'm like, I know this guy's going to throw a slider. He ended up throwing fastball, hit me like right in the back. I've gotten hit in the head plenty of times before that. I actually enjoyed it because it doesn't hurt. I mean, for the minor league helmets, you know, like it actually didn't hurt. And I got hit in just probably a weird spot where, you know, it knocked me out. I remember I, but I like answered questions enough to make him seem like I was okay. So I didn't play for that week. I came back.
0: And that was down in the DR in That was in the
2: DR. Yeah. I was red hot maybe like second or third week. Third week. So I got the concussion. Didn't play for a week. And um my first step I told everyone wanted to send me home. Like the Rangers wanted to I said, no, I gotta at least get back on the box. First pitch was a curveball from like uh oh, Chris, you probably know the guy. Um Toronto the older guy that hurt his arm in the game, memory of Tommy John and retired. I faced him in Dominican, and he was throwing. Delabar, like, yeah, Delabar. He was like my guy. He's That's great. Guy. He was throwing yeah. like seventy eight, but with like a sixty one. I jumped out of the box on the first curveball, and I said, "I got to go home. I am out." So then I went through the whole off season and it, I didn't really feel like too much was going on because I was just kind of relaxing. But I noticed stuff in my eyes like I had floaters. I had a bunch of shit going on there. When I went to spring training, I just I was not the same like playing even just playing catch. I was like, damn, something's off. Couldn't pull triggers on any breaking balls, nothing like that. And it got to the point where. I would talk to the Rangers. The Rangers did everything to make sure I got like what I needed, but it was only fo- focused on my eyes. It was not focused on this is back in 2013. Concussions really weren't a thing. Yeah. I think the first time I ever heard about a baseball player with a concussion affecting them was uh, Brock Holt, the Red Sox in like 16. Like he had vertigo or it's something a Tough like injury. That. I didn't even know, but.
0: Yeah. It's like a broken leg where you wear a cast or it's so frustrating. You, know, you have a surgery and you get your arms in a sling. People can't see the injury. So it's it's people think you're being soft. They think you're not uh, tough, and you're like, dude, I cannot see straight right now.
2: Like, I mean, I went to maybe six or seven eye doctors and they're like, You're way above twenty twenty. Like there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing we can do here. So that was the definitely the frustrating part. Then we started seeing some um, concussion guys when I got to the Cubs. Because I remember when I got traded to the Cubs, they um, Theo, I hit like 100, that whole triple A, 2013. He got traded over there, hit like 160 or something like that, which is borderline impossible. And um, he was actually going to call me up for September call-up. The season ended in triple A and said, hey, Mike. So I thought they were just going to like talk to me. I went to Chicago, said, what's up? Like, we know we really want you to be a part of this team right now. You know, we can get you set up i said no i told my lifelong dream was to be in the big leagues stay in the big leagues and i just turned it down that's how messed up i was and he was like whoa damn this is uh i said guys like there's stuff there's just i can't get stuff out of my eyes like i get pollen or i don't know what it was it's just all over my eyes and i couldn't I, i just can't you don't have many chances in the big leagues so I didn't mm-hmm. want to ruin another chance that month could be like, shit, we may have really screwed up. It ended up not changing. Well, Chris you know, did I,
0: that. Chris played Chris tried to play through an injury with his thumb and it his whole yeah, it the way the league the whole yeah, way the league looked at him was different. It's
1: yeah. it's tough. It dude, it was wild, man. Like you try to you try to we came from that we came from the school of hard knocks. Like you like the forehead, you get hit in the forehead, it's bleeding, you keep going. Like, Whatever. A, as an athlete and I, I guess I saw this shift start to happen. This is wild. I'm going to explain this to you. 2006, I go to spring training with the Tigers. And the kid that I was rooming with was another kid that signed out of Indie Ball at the same time I did out of this camp. And he had went and bought like a bunch of Advil and ice packs and a bunch of shit like that. And I go, why are you buying that stuff? They have it all in the training room. It's like, I'm not going to the training room. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and he's like, "Yeah." he's like, you kidding me? And I go, what do you mean you're not going to the training room? He's like, I'm not going to let them know that I have anything going on. Right. And he put the fear on me. He's like, they'll just cut <laughs> us right away if you're hurt. And so I'm thinking to myself, like, man, I-, I guess I can't show weakness. Right. And that was the same mindset that our dads tried to help us grow up mm-hmm. with and understanding, like, hey, you- your best ability is availability. Right. You, you got to be ready to play. And this is where, and Rich Gedman used to say this to me all the time you got to know the difference between hurt and injured. If you're hurt, you can play. If you're injured, you can't. And yeah. I think, Drawing that line is really hard because there's no what's the line of demarcation. How do you know? Right. And you have to be super honest with yourself when you're when you're when you're dealing with something right away, like right away. Don't let it linger because if you let it linger and this is what happened to me, like the week that I hurt my thumb, I was I, I was hitting 356 leading the team. And I was second on team in homers, first on team in doubles, first on team in RBIs on april you
0: like break kirby kirby precketts record for rbi in a month
1: (laughs) on (laughs) april 23rd the night it happened my last at bat i I hit a base hit through the middle before it really got bad and i tied the record for rbis in the month of april so on april 23rd i had 26 sticks to tie the record i had one rbi the rest of the month because i i was literally i was going to swing and i I couldn't i took a 0 for 5 the next night because i was like letting go of the bat And I kept going in the trainer's room and I was like, man, dude, this is this bad. And I was actually going in, but at that point they were like, Hey man, it's just a bone bruise. So they had convinced me that there was nothing I could do and the pain was going to go away. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden I for five turns into one for nine, two for 13 or one for 14 or whatever it was. And now it's like, okay, my batting average is trending back down to like 300 and then 280 and 270. And now I hit 270. I'm like, no, no, no I, I just got to get back to 300, and then we fine. But now, like, you're forcing hits, and it was like this whole paradigm of of bullshit that was like, now, like, all these burdens were like, I, well, I can't say something now. I, I'm going to look like an asshole. And you know, before I knew it, it played itself out into, and I still, I was competing. I was having competitive at bats. Just, I, I had an eight game hitting streak where I hit 220, like. Think about that. I got yeah, one yeah. hit a game for eight games, but it was one for four, one for five every yeah. day. Um and it and it felt like I was sucking and I couldn't say something now. And I realistically I should have just been like, man, I can't. Like, dude, this hurts. Like I can't I literally and it hurts so bad that it's compromising my ability to put my shorts on. Never mind be able to swing a baseball bat against the best pitchers in the world. And that's that's the part that I was saying. Like you never get to relax in the big leagues. You just you can't have like a oh, I'm going to play at 60% tonight for, like, a whole week or two weeks and be okay. Like, I had to be at 70, 80, 90 to be able to be competitive. But I thought it was the right thing to do for the team. We were hurt. Maurer was out. Willingham was out. Everybody was out. So I was like, well, I'm the four-hitter. I better keep playing. And then before you know it, three weeks later, I'm in the minor. I was the four-hitter leading the team in RBIs, and now I'm in AAA. I was still leading the team in RBIs in AAA for, like, two weeks. That was wild. Yeah, I think
2: uh, the Rangers were good on that on on my end up until probably like the last I visit and stuff. Then they're like, maybe it's just you're slumping and, you know, this, that. I said, I've been doing this for how many years? I may start off slow, but I will never not figure it out. And if you look at my so in perspective, the Rangers pulled me into the office before I got called up and said, you need to learn how to hit a fastball like out front, like get because I was so like. Don't get beat. Like, I wouldn't get beat by it, but go right side for fastballs, and then I would absolutely murder off-speed pitches. That was my thing. Even a 3-0 – like, we got into a bench-clearing brawl because they thought we were giving signs to me. It was like a 3-0 curveball, homer, left center. I was just like – I I just saw a pitch that was up. Like, I would just react like that. wasn't sitting on it, but that's just my mindset. To in 2014, I had ugh, maybe 30 hits, not one. Was off and off speed pitch, so think about a perspective of like a, a scouting team. Like, all right, this is easy. Mike's coming up, get me over breaker. Like, I knew what they were throwing. I was like, he could have went like this, and I said, okay, I know you're throwing that. I could not pull the trigger, couldn't. Well, and it was you, all mental.
1: But can you can you imagine the mindset shift between probably something chemical going on, right, from a concussion, vertigo, whatever, whatever the diagnosis would be, and. Add that to, well, hey, you got to hit the fastball out front. Well, I wasn't like literally about the that. worst piece of advice you could, but literally the worst piece of advice you can give to a hitter. No, that was pre
2: pre concussion, like me getting out the ball in front, right? So, but
1: after that, even still, think about the impact that that had on you as a hitter and the mindset shift that you had, where you were a guy who like did everything right hit the fastball to right yeah, center yeah, cripple, yeah. breaking ball to the pull yeah. side like that is like if that's i could get hitting a picture that's of good what hitting. i want a hitter to be that's what i want yeah you know what i'm saying and like it's wild to me that you know they would do that because now like that multiplied on you now as a a problem a person who's already created some sort of doubt in your own brain now yeah. you add that layer to it where it's like well i know what they're doing and i i yeah
2: and and that was out man and fear what i got from the concussion when i actually saw a concussion specialist which made so much sense to me he said the brain's the strongest muscle in your body right so in the he's like the first question he asked me was did it hurt when you got hit in the head i said i wanted to rip my head off like legit rip it off the headache was unbelievable i was just in so much pain but didn't tell anyone because i wanted to stay there And he said, well, if the brain is the most powerful muscle in your body, it's going to prevent you from ever being in that situation again. It's like swimming with a shark. Shark bit my foot. I'm not going in the water. Fight, man. And now you are just happen to be back in the box every single day. So the fact of the matter, even if I knew the pitch was coming, it was not all right, he's throwing a breaking ball here. I'm going to dominate it. It was he's throwing a breaking ball here. Get your foot down. Is it a breaking ball? Okay, it is a breaking ball. And then that split second, I couldn't pull the trigger. And Every off season I went into training, like I'm revamping my swing, redoing all this. And it got to the point where when I retired, it was so easy because I just wasn't the same guy. So you can't trick your mindset in every off season being like, I figured it out. I got my body in a good spot. I had enough time to recover. I'm comfortable on hitting breaking ball. It just, I get the spring training. It's like first breaking ball, live VPs guys are a little erratic my mind's still going like guys a little erratic we're working inside over here it's like damn i really and it just wasn't there and it never was you know like it just never came back which was the frustrating part about things but at the same time i mean yeah it was career ending but you know retiring and looking back on things like you can appreciate a lot of things that i got out of the game i used to think I did nothing in the game. Like if, if I had to give a speech uh, in my hometown, like my first thing would be like, it, it wasn't until like last year where I finally realized I accomplished a very big feat in playing in the big leagues. It was always, my career was a failure because I knew what I was supposed to do and I was there, but I couldn't do it because of limitations that happened to me, which was frustrating. But at the same time, I, when you grow up, and you in the real world you can grow up quick you realize there's still a lot of good that can come out of it you just mesmerized me by the way
1: with that whole was thing. that
2: 10 out of 10? That was good. Wow. Yeah,
1: that was, that really was unbelievable. Good. I was I was so locked into what you were saying. Yeah, that was so wild, you know, and, that? I mean, Thanks, that's guys. perspective, man. Like it's
2: the first awesome. time I talked to the concussion guy, I slept we talked, he was like my therapist. It was the all-star break in 2014. I slept for 28 hours the next day. I never talked. I never opened up about it once. I was just so, oh, my God, my career's over. How do I get out of this? How do I get out of this? And once I opened up to him and he explained a couple of things that made sense, I slept 20. My ex-girlfriend at the time would come in just to check to make sure I was alive. I slept 28 hours.
1: That's how much my brain uh... was doing. I saw of Gary V post yesterday about letting the poison out because it was a, it was really interesting. I think a lot of people have, especially the alphas of the world, we have this tendency to internalize things yeah. and just saying it, talking about it, that it's always, always been such a good release for me. Just say it, man. And I'm so thankful my parents for teaching me, just let your thoughts out, let your feelings out. Yeah. And then dude, you're going to annoy people because you're going to talk too much, but whatever, man. Like I, I don't, no, it's healthy. I don't live, I don't live with burdens inside anymore. Like I don't, I, I, there were times in my life when I've tried to internalize stuff, but I learned, I learned through baseball and having a mentor like Rich Gedman that let it out, man, it's whatever. Yeah. You're just a human, you're vulnerable. And that, that was such a growth step for me. And that's why I think I have so much perspective to share with young players who, yeah, like, man, I just have context, dude, and I'm, t- I'm I'm making the story relatable. I'm I'm reminding you that it's okay to do this, this, and this. And then it mm-hmm. just mm, it takes time. It takes time for everyone. And now I'm just trying to expedite that process for young players.
2: Yep, absolutely. That's that's why a lot of these young prospects. I I make sure I let them know. Yes, I'm selling a product, but I'm not just selling the product. I'm really selling myself to you to be a like an outlet, basically. Like, hey, you want to talk about highs, lows? I got it. You're going to have it. Be be cool to call me on Christmas and be like, "Yeah, Dude, things aren't right." And it's it's pretty cool that a lot of the guys have opened up to that. It's awesome.
0: Powerful yeah. stuff. That was great. I want to. We can move on to post show. I got two topics on post show. This is more like just recent stuff. Uh, number Wait, hold, one, as Druvle Cabrera. Wait, hold. You go. Where's he going?
1: Yeah, we, yeah Go ahead. Going. We'll we'll uh, we'll tee it up.
0: That was really good. I don't I don't know if he always realizes how good he is. He's like a, he's got some gamut in him, like that. Where yo,
2: I forgot. I made this last night for the show, pickles. But it's nice, good.
0: dude. So this is what I did.
2: I saw it on TikTok. They, you put the juice in flaming hot Cheetos, right? Whoa! You let the juice, you let the Cheetos soak it all in. You take the Cheetos out. You pour the now sauce in it. Wow! And this is flaming hot. I've never had one though, so I got to try. I don't even like pickles. I really don't even like. <laughs> there's. Ne- I've never had a pickle in my refrigerator, not once.
0: Look at the color on that thing.
1: This is this is the moment. This is the moment what? of. Wow! Pickle. This is pickles like.
0: Interesting. What do we got <laughs> sweet, salty I'm assuming, to start. Wait. Yeah, it's
1: a pickle assuming, to start. Yeah. It's just like yeah, a kosher I, said, bill, I really I... hate pickles. I really do.
0: <laughs> this is going to be a new segment on Pelletero Pickle. We're just going to make all sorts of different pickles each week.
1: Flaming hot pickles.
0: That's incredible. Yeah. The salty. <laughs> it <laughs>
1: throws on you while you were like that. <laughs> that
2: is gross. My girlfriend's trying to call me. That's why. Listen, uh, I'm not in on the segment on pickles. I'm not trying to pickle every time.
1: Every time we do it. Oh, oh. my god! Was- <laughs> I can't, I can't wait for Pat. I can't wait for Patrick to see this. Great.
0: Uh. Have you seen those videos? They got like the 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 super hot chips that people eat, the, the competitions yes. and stuff.
2: Oh, we, that'd be terrible. I've wanted to do, do that on
0: pickle before, where like they, there's uh, just very like gross or disgusting or hot, whatever foods. It'd yeah, that would be pretty fun. Patrick's jumping back. Something. Is Patrick listening? He, Have you been he listening? Did the whole time, he did see oh, that. He did see that. Oh, My goodness, that was Ugh. outstanding. All right. So <laughs> post show, as Drupal Cabrera punched a guy in the face oh, I saw that. in a uh, winter league. Uh, Chris, we've been saying this for a while. Go ahead, do what you got to do. Pimp your homers. Just somebody's gonna punch you in the face, so don't be surprised. And uh, we did it. We did it, Chris. Do we know and the Drill context Cabrera. of what
2: happened? Like, was, I was there? I don't I know don't, any I background.
0: I hope my there was nothing. They're mad though. They're big. No, mad. but
1: my, my best guess was like the game's out of reach, right? Like it's probably True. like a five or six run game. What was the score? I didn't, I didn't see the, the
0: score.
1: I haven't seen a box score. Haven't looked it up. All I know is you're taking a polished big league veteran. That's a ten year plus guy, right? Yeah, yeah. And you put him in the emotions of winter ball, where it's like you're playing for your people, dude. You're you're playing for your 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 hometown. You're playing for like those passionate winter ball fans. Oh, crazy! And this dude showtimes you, and your pitch. The pitcher started running after him and screaming at him as he was going through his pimp job. And then I don't even know if it was a was it a clothesline. Was it a, a forearm shiver? It was, like a, was it a full It was full like an punch? inner.
0: It looked like an inner forearm, not an outer forearm. Like it wasn't a forearm strike. It was like a club, like a forearm, like a yeah. The, just the to be clear,
1: as Drupal Cabrera probably never initiates that in the big leagues, right? Because and yeah. all the stuff we've talked about about like oh, if you get suspended for a week, that's a million, a million bucks dollars. or whatever it is, right? <laughs> yeah. In winter ball, he's like, screw this. Fuck this guy, like him show timing against us. And that's those are fighting words, dude. Like like I said, do pimp your homers, swing your three oh pitches. You just gotta be ready for somebody to knock you out. No doubt.
0: I don't see a score on the video that I've got, but
1: we have an inside it, source. We have an insider. We'll update it yeah, on social media. We'll get video. Johnny.
0: We got Johnny, Johnny on the case. Literally Johnny on the case. We'll find out. We'll get the details. We need we need uh,
1: the deets, background details there.
0: Yeah, um, but that was. I mean, in terms of baseball, brawls, we got a, At least we got a pitch. We got a. We got a hit. We actually had contact made. Usually it's just a bunch of shoving, so at least we had. At least there was contact made, so that's good. Uh, second topic, <clears throat> Mike. I'm curious on your with your on your thoughts on this. So. On Twitter. I just forgot Jerry's last name. Challenger Strength, Jerry. Um, what is his last name? Hold on. Jerry, Jerry DeFilippo. <laughs> Jerry DeFilippo. I can't
1: believe you forgot
0: that. Um, I thought it was right, guy. but then I, I just, I, I questioned myself. I had it and I forgot. So I just remember Challenger Strength. Brought up a topic of like the fall... The, like the the final event of the fall where they do like this you know Ed Vermont it was the green and gold challenge where you like you create teams and you do all these like physical challenges mm-hmm. and he was he was trying to make the statement that uh this should be more specific they should be more like do a throwing accuracy contest and do a five ten five or do like baseball specific stuff. My argument for it was those things are not for player development. Therefore, like person development or human development, that it's it's way more about building character, way, way more about persevering through hard things, independent of baseball. And I had a really good text from a college coach last night. I'll read it after I get your thoughts. Um, did you guys do like a? Iron Husky or something like, but it's so. not the yeah, world. It's not the world series. Cause usually you do like the scrimmages and you play like a, a inner squad. That's, you know, but this is like the physical challenge one, not the, uh, yeah, we not did the that. games. We did you that. You guys did like, a, was it a weight room competition. Yeah. Like what was, we like? had a,
2: um, we had a, so our strength coach, um, had served in Iraq. So we had like a drill sergeant, as our guy mental toughness was like pushing you through limits. And we did like, we had barrels of water that we had to take from one end of the campus to another end that had bags that we had, or like basically logs that we had to carry to another end. Like it was like that, that kind of thing, which was sick guys throwing up everything. I don't know why that's sick to my, in my head. I'm kind of sick thinking that, but yeah, we did, we did that. What, so what's the question that he had is not for it's, 100% for a team, for <coughs> well, he, camaraderie. He just board. thought there's
0: better, like much better use of time. Like just why, no, no. why are we doing all these stupid physical challenge things? And no. my point was like it has nothing to do with baseball development at all. It's mental.
2: Yeah, it's
1: about exactly. getting through. We did a thing well, where so, Oh go, go ahead. No, go ahead. Tell me your thing. We did, wonder, a, we did assumption a we had a bench and that was it. Really? We just had one bench press. <laughs> This was like a prime case of like... (laughs) I had assumption they had to tell
0: people they played baseball and that was the challenge.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We did a uh, 16 100-yard sprints, right? So middle guys would go first, corners would go second, pitchers would go third. The rest that you had was, if I was a middle infielder, I'd go first. The rest I had was the other two groups going and then immediately we're doing another 100, right? So at first he set our times for a 12 seconds for middle, 13 for corner, 14 for pitchers. A 60 yard dash as fast as you can is 6. you know, 5. Let's say now by 10 or 15 Not it's probably me. a 7 <laughs> 79. Yeah. yeah. So the point of the matter was we had to keep doing it until every single one of us passed the 16 100 sprints. It wasn't until we started to see like some progress after like a month we're like the mindset before was mother F this, this is literally impossible. There's no way 38 of us are going to get 16 of these in our time spots is zero chance. Then it got to, this is still mother F this where there's man, we got six this time. That's better than two weeks go by. It's like, all right, we're getting closer now. Like it's, we're not bitching as much, but it's like, really, we're almost there where I like got seven, eight, still a long way to go. Then he said to us, all right. this is what I've been doing. The real time is 13 for middle, 14 for corners, 15. So it doesn't seem like a big difference, right? Our mindsets completely shifted into once we got over the hump of like, stop complaining and bitching and just get this done to went to let's get this done right now. And now everyone shifted and we were able to get the 16 yard sprints. Every single one of us got it in our times, but it's that mindset of like a month ago we were fighting each other. Yeah. Like, literally having fights in the locker room. Like, how could you didn't do anything like anything in the offseason? Like, and just going back and forth and this, that to everyone as a team. I want everyone, like, you could see us dying. Let's like go, screaming, encouraging the guy in front of us to go, go, go. It went from crying to screaming to team camaraderie to regional to 16, 26. We won 26 straight games. To there was nothing that after that task, which was so hard, nothing. It was in the freezing cold. Nothing could get us. Yeah. So there's a lot of value in in that, but it's not. Yeah, I mean, could you have baseball contest that's more based towards, of course, but like, what does that actually do mentally for a team? Let's, just be, Let's just be clear.
1: Yeah. Let's just be clear. First of all, any sort of physical activity, like physical betterness like bettering yourself as an athlete is not bad ever like so when people tell me oh don't run for distance you're a baseball player don't do this the discipline that it takes to do the physical work is like far trumps no doubt the functionality of the exercise right like when people build these like intricate elaborate like workout plans I'm like, yeah, there's like, we're, we're gaining marginally on how, like very, very marginally, like it's small, where if you can shift the way you perceive the world mm-hmm. and have the discipline and mindset to overcome things, and that like, what a psychological thriller that was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it, was a, there it was a 13, roller coaster. 14, 15, like that gets you that had to be planned forever, right? No, it's no like, doubt. It was all part the same planned. as the beep test. And the yep. sweet 16 and the suicide yep. under a minute, and yep. the, you know, like literally they're all, and, and like you guys turned, you know, he knocked you down to lift you up to be like, Hey, by the way, I've been you lying. Guys 13, yeah. You guys 13, can do it. Yeah. And it, it, those are, that's like what makes teams great. Like you found, you described it so eloquently. It was, it was tremendous. Like, but you know what I forgot about like
2: that story. There, you can't do is we all did it in the 12, 13, 14. There was our last one because our mindset shifted. Our last one, we got to jog the last 10 yards because we were like, boom, we did it. So like, yeah, he gave us the extra second. But at the same time, we shifted our mindset just one more step that we needed. And it was like game over. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It's I
0: gotta, this, is a, this is a direct quote from a college coach. I want to read it. Uh, the whole challenge thing you were arguing about on Twitter, Our starts tonight. I've been back and forth on it, but but team building and toughness actually matter and are harder and harder to create thanks to the environments we are recruiting these kids from. No one ever says at senior dinner, coach, uh, keep doing my hitting plans, but uh, man, they live on, what are, how, how is this worded? No one ever says at senior dinner, coach, keep doing those hitting plans. Man, they made my life better, but it never changes regarding team challenges, early workouts. Uh, they always... They always say that changed them. So like the hard things change them. Always functional, not in terms of baseball, but winning team competitiveness, team building toughness. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then he went on to talk about like, we got to win. We got to win games when it's 30 degrees in March. And if you're not tough, if you don't have some grit to you, like we, my, one of my points was like, we know who throws the ball the hardest. We know who can jump the highest. Like we don't need to test that. Like we don't need a competition to figure out who the best, is we already know but it's way more about finding out who has the most character and who's gonna like you said we had a we had to run a uh six minute mile and then we had one player on our team jamie merchant chris knows merch he's a big boy six minute mile is tough so we hit he had 630 and look when he was running and when he when he was hitting that last lap the whole team was chasing him like everybody's everybody was running with him and as a coach when you get that kind of culture and that environment where everybody's pulling for each other it doesn't, and he was probably our best pitcher. He just—he's big boy. The he's not, he's thing not itself does it matter.
1: The thing itself doesn't matter. Whatever the the goal itself doesn't matter. It's like what can we create from it? It's like can we create the mindset where we can achieve anything? Period. Yeah. End yeah. of story. So that's why. Again again, let's be clear on something. Like, there are dudes in the big leagues that like like Brandon Moss and Chris Davis, the the lefty Chris Davis. Like, would do like Olympic lifts in the weight room. Like, Brandon Moss would go up to the strength coach, and be like, hey, if you're not cool with me, like cleaning, deadlifting, and doing bench <laughs> before four games, like, I'm gonna go get a, a weight, uh, a membership at, at, you know, Planet Fitness. So just let me know if you're okay with it or if I have to go get the membership. Because the strength coach, oh, like, yeah. dude, like, like, physical, like, being stronger, being faster, dude, like, lifting up heavy bags and all that stuff that's like real life. You know when they say country strong, like the guy that grew up on the farm, like, "Hey man, I just went out lifting bales of hay and stuff." Mm-hmm. Like, he got strong. <laughs> he built a foundation. Yeah. Like so, like, let's be clear that like, there's no scenario in which that's bad. It might not be like the perfect functional work, but like, you go look at big leaguers; they're all built like brick shit houses, right? Or shit brick houses. I call
2: it shit shit brick shit houses. Brick house, yeah. Yeah, I like that.
3: Good stuff.
0: All right. I think this was an hour and a half, maybe longer. It's too long. Let's let's wrap it up. Chris, take us out. Thanks, Mike. That was awesome.
1: Mike, thanks for bringing the pickles. On that note. pickles to the pickle. On that note. Red Hot Cheeto Pickles out. (laughs) It's true. Try it. You got to try it.